I was talking to a friend about it, and he says, we're the descendants of the slaves that survived the Middle Passage. That made us strong. You can do this. I think that was meant to be encouraging, but it didn't feel encouraging. It felt like you should be able to manage because you come from ancestors who survived. Why can't you survive? It felt like my friend had put the weight of the black race on me when I couldn't handle the weight of my own life. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. On top of that, we lack proper mental health care access and endure mistreatments by medical professionals who cannot relate to us in their practice. On top of that, we stigmatize mental illness to preserve this place of our strength, damaging ourselves and among black children observing a spike in suicide rates because they may feel that their place in heaven is way better than their place here today because when black light isn't valued enough for professional help, adequate housing, or even breathing, life here degrades in value in comparison to life after. a stigma about mental health in the black community and as black men, we face a unique struggle where we carry a ton of baggage physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, but we don't feel as though we're allowed to open up about it. So I want to do this a little bit different. On today's episode, we're going to hear from someone that's had quite the journey with his mental health and thought it was time to share it with the world. And no, I'm not a therapist, licensed healing professional, none of that. I'm just a black man offering up his platform for another black man to be vulnerable and find others that resonate with his message. This is The Audacity Project. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Audacity Project. I'm your host, Adrian Abrams, and today we've got a special guest here uh, with us. This is someone that is actually relatively new in my life, but it feels as though I've known him for a lifetime. Uh, it was started off as a conversation on the way back from uh, pick a basketball game uh, has <laughs> sort of lent itself into, uh, I think, the beginnings of a fruitful brotherhood and friendship and familial uh, sort of relationship here. So with that being said, Scholar, I'm so, so glad to have you on the show today, man. Bro, appreciate you having me, man, man. He called me special, y'all. He said I'm a special <laughs> guest. I appreciate it, bro. Nah, thank you. I'm honored, bro, to be here today to be helping you on your project, man. It's something to be said by young black men out here trying to better themselves in their community, bro. And that's exactly what you're doing with this project. So I'm humbled and I'm honored that you would even have me as a guest. So thanks, bro. Yeah, not a problem. When I, when I was going through the project and I, I got a little bit further along, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to gotta get Scholar <laughs> on the show, man. Got to get Scholar on the show. Um, in, in our first couple conversations, things got very heavy very quickly zero to 100 right very very quickly Real man quick. so I, I was like uh i definitely was like man let me go ahead loop back around let me go ahead and ask Scott if he'll do me the honors as far as uh coming back on the show and we're gonna get into a lot of great content y'all a lot of good stuff and we're gonna challenge a lot of paradigms along the way but before we even get into the meat of things uh scholar i gotta ask you all that's gonna come but let, let's Absolutely. start at the beginning let's start at the beginning man what what defines scholar who is scholar let's let's start intrinsically before we move externally man listen i had this one professor right so uh 
I started my college career at Tennessee State University. Shout out to all HBCUs, man. Um, didn't finish there, but I still got mad love for, for TSU. Uh, ended up finishing at USC, so fight on, go Trojans. Um, but this one professor, man, he used to say, Boy, you ain't nothing but a little color boy from Las Vegas. <laughs> 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 and I could laugh at her, right? Because he's black. He's from the South. Just older dude, Dr. Latham. Love him to death, man. <laughs> Wore the loudest suits that I can remember. Um, just And I just, it's something that stuck with me. So people ask me who I am. I'm just like, man, I'm just a little color boy from Las Vegas trying to make it, man. Just very humble beginnings, man. Single parent home. Just did everything I could to try to make my mama proud, man, and try mm-hmm. to build a better life for 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 me and for us i should say just just do something because i you know see my mom struggle and stuff and knew that i didn't want that to be my life so for as long as i can remember man i've just worked my butt off bro just to to be able to be in here sitting with you today and absolutely be able to get scholarships and travel the world and on somebody else's dime. Hey, man. <laughs> Talk know, about it. We still broke five broke. Right? Yeah, we trying to make it. <laughs> uh, I, I use that joke, y'all, because I, I am an alpha along with my brother Adrian. That's what he really didn't tell y'all. That's how we really <laughs> bonded because we alphas. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, I'm just squirreling this world, man, just just trying to make it, man, and, and bring glory to God's name. That is, like, literally scholar in a nutshell, man. I'm, I'm very very deep in my faith man very mm-hmm. open about my following of jesus christ and just how much i feel like he can move in our lives if we were to let him so absolutely thank you for sharing absolutely man. and i think that's uh something a lot of us can sort of relate to in terms of all types of struggles that we go through um all types of trials and tribulations that we've been accustomed to and always striving to find a way out and, and create that better life not only just for us but for our family members as well, those that we care about, those friends turned family. Um, uh, something that I think oftentimes we don't talk about along that pursuit of greatness and pursuit of glory and what have you is the sort of mental toll that can happen along that journey, especially coming from black households Absolutely. and black backgrounds and what have you. Yeah. So, so Scott, to kick things off, I would actually love to get a better understanding as far as the underpinnings to to some of the later experiences that you had down the line. So what have been some of your earliest experiences with mental health? Yeah, man. So um, I'm glad that you kind of set the stage. Um, and to anybody out there listening, um, just know there's nothing wrong with mental health and there's nothing wrong um, if you're struggling because we're all going through something. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funniest things I heard the old folks say uh, when I was a little boy, if you want to make God laugh, tell them your plan right because mm-hmm. um, we all have this grand plan of how we're going to go through life and what it's going to be like and it's always a straight road we always seem to have this straight road not realizing that life was never intended for it to be a straight path you're supposed to go through bumps and bruises and have trials and tribulations so that way when you're up you can appreciate it because how can you appreciate the highs if you've never been low type thing and so mm-hmm. kind of gets me to like I'm appreciating kind of starting to come into my high because uh I've been low low for for a minute now man um so my uh I guess my my I, I won't say my earliest experience but the experiences that I've started to acknowledge mm. I think I like that the experiences that I've started to acknowledge started back in 2014 so it was November of 2014 it was my senior year at USC um okay. <clears throat> Around midterm season, excuse me. 
my birthday's in November. Um, midterm seasons for us was literally like end of October, beginning of November. Um, and so it was just always like stressful. One, one, one hand I'm happy. The next hand I'm like, yo, I got to pass these tests or I ain't going to be able to celebrate. Right, right, right. Um, like I told you, I, I'm from Vegas and still got a lot of family out there and I'm heavy on 2K, y'all. So if anybody hears this podcast and y'all want to get at me on 2K, <laughs> please look me up. Hey, PS4 or Xbox? Hey, PS4 only if you play Xbox. Hey, I'm going to need some work after this, all right? All right then, you got it, bro. <laughs> Sin City Sky 702. That's my handle. Y'all follow me. Um, so me and, uh, my cousin, uh, John Wilson, um, man, we've been playing that video game since elementary school, man. And, uh, that was just what, what we did when I went home for the summers. It's me, him, my boys, whoever, anybody that wanted it can get it. And I mean, I'm a talker on 2K too. I lose my whole religion, y'all. I talks, but that's cause I don't get beat. So again, (laughs) if you want to see me, let me know. Um, so it was, uh, it was August, uh, we had finished up a game at his house and I was finna drive back to Los Angeles from, from Vegas. Uh, he had wanted to play one more, but we had played all day y'all. And I was like, bruh, I still got to drive four hours. Like it's dark. I'm by myself. Like I already don't like driving long distances like that. Um, and I was like, I got you. I was like, Brad, like, you know, we're going to be on like when I'm when I get back for Thanksgiving. He was like, all right, man, bet you just leaving because you don't want to lose. You scared. Right. Da, 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 da. I'm like, every loser always says that, like when the winner's ready to go home. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I can smile about it now. Uh, I haven't been able to smile about that interaction for a minute. Uh, so um the night of october 31st uh from from what it was told to me uh john was at a party a halloween party um left the party and i guess there was a case of misidentification and uh the police thought he was somebody he wasn't um Hmm. ended up shooting and killing killing my mans yo it's still hard for me to say to this day that uh you know shot and killed because we we see police brutality on all media outlets right um and it's become so systemic i guess um so normalized that's the word yep. i'm looking for it's become so normalized that it's like damn like i'm another numb one. to it another yeah. one until it hits home for you mm-hmm. until it's you until it's your people yep so I was studying. I'll never forget. I was in my apartment <clears throat> studying November 1st, 2014. And um, I get a call from my best friend. and Scholar, scholar, scholar. And that's all I heard. Scholar, scholar, scholar. And it was like frantic. Like I couldn't make out. I, I knew she was crying. But they shot him. They shot him. Hey, wait, 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 wait. What? Damn. Mind you, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not alone. I was in a study group. I had invited folks over for a study group. So I step out. <clears throat> like, Braylon, slow down, slow down. Like, what are you saying? They shot him. They shot. Who, sh- like, who shot? Are they okay? Like, t- mm-hmm. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. They shot Johnny. They shot Johnny. Well, who's they? Because Johnny don't gangbang. Johnny hardly talks. Like, the biggest introverted person you've ever met in your life. Right. The police. Wait, wait. Time out. Time out. The police. What do he do? Run up 
in the house? Like, because Johnny really don't go out. Yeah. He was at a party. And that's the part I said, wait, he was what? He was at a party. He didn't really go to parties. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, he was walking home and I guess they told him to stop. He didn't because he didn't figure that they the was thing. talking to him. Yeah, he was he just like, I'm minding my business and he didn't stop and they shot him. And my world just kind of. Y'all ever seen that uh, Mr. Krabs meme where yep. he just spin around? And they just, I just felt the room spinning. And I'm like, let me run this back. So I ran it back to her, what I had gathered from mm-hmm. what I can. I said, so last night, October 31st, Halloween, or today, whatever you want to call it. So it was two o'clock in the morning. Right. Johnny leaving a party. And he was shot by the police. Because they told him to stop, which means he had to be facing a different direction, right? The police are behind you, you know, telling you to stop. You're facing a different direction. And they shot him in his back. Do I understand that correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost it. Yep. <clears throat> I kicked everybody out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, y'all just got to go. Skyler, no, I'm not okay, but y'all just got to go. And I was like, I got to get home. That's all I could think. I got to get home. In the week, it is like we have a week of midterm. We have a midterm weekend. This is. Can we find our calendars for 2014, Adrian? I want to give you the exact date so these people know kind of what I went through during this little gotcha. tenure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull that up now. Saturday. So I'm right. It's a Saturday. <clears throat> Halloween had been that Friday, the 31st. We have right. a midterm week. Started November 3rd, which was a Monday. My birthday was a Wednesday that year. I'll never forget. <clears throat> I just remember emailing all my professors. Family emergency. I really have to get home. I hope you can excuse me. Like, I'll explain when I get back. Just please don't fail me. I just have some stuff I need to deal with. Right. Um. Thank God I was in good graces, good standing with most of most of my professors. Some who hit me back. Scholar, like, take care. You're of always you on your stuff. Like, no, you wouldn't pull nothing. Like, let me know. There was one. There's always one. Yep. Well, in my class, I don't da 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 da. And so I had to go through the proper protocol, university protocol, protocol to be able to like get excused. But no other professors were really tripping. And I'm really grateful for them for that. Because when you go through something like that, all you want is understanding. Absolutely. That's all you want. I was just like, I can't believe you're making me do this. But same time, I get it. That's your job. Like it is what it is. Right. <laughs> I fly home to Vegas that Sunday. Sorry, that Monday. I fly home on the third, Monday morning. And I touched down and it just, it was colder than normal. Mm -hmm. It was gloomier than normal. You get to family house and it's just like sad. Like, it's sad, bro. Mm -hmm. Somber. Somber. Um, First place I go is to his room. And 2K is just sitting right there. Mm. And I was by myself. Like, people were there. His sister, Braylon, like everybody. 
Um, Johnny and I were not were not blood cousins, but blood couldn't make us closer. We just grew we grew up on the same street. Yep. We went to the same schools. It was just like that was my guy. His sister braided my hair growing up. Braylon was his cousin. That's my best friend, and that's just what it was. Extended family. I went in his room and I sat there and this is the only time I've been in his room to this day since his passing and um this is my first time even telling this sort of story but uh yeah I just looked at the video game and I just said damn you couldn't play him one last time but same token, I was like, yo, I'm 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 gonna be back. Cause it was literally less than a month till I was supposed to be back for Thanksgiving. So right. we was gonna have our little annual, like, let's get it on 2K type thing. Yep. First and only time I didn't stay long. I couldn't stay long in his room, but it was just You really not here. Damn. And on top of that, how do you celebrate a birthday when you know you're going through something like that? I I was Probably the only year in my life where I really didn't want my birthday acknowledged at all. Um, remember one of my favorite po- poems from Pledging was If by Rudyard Kipling. Mm-hmm. And that November 5th for my birthday, I recited that poem to myself just to keep moving. Just mm-hmm. to keep pushing. If you can keep your head about you while all others are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Yep. Lord have mercy. There's something to be said about a man, a person, anybody who can do that. Because mm-hmm. um, I was shot. I was shot. A lot of the family forgot to even tell me happy birthday. And I don't blame them to that. Because it was like, you know, some some hard stuff. And to have to be a pallbearer to somebody that you grew up with at the age of 21, 22, 21, 22 at the time. That was rough, man. Um, we wore J's at his funeral in in suits. We wore J's. I still have my threes because uh, his name was John T. Wilson III. So I bought a special pair of Jordan threes to wear to his funeral to 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 honor him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I only wear them whenever I get an inkling to, to, I don't, there's, they're not in my, my regular rotation. They just sit in the box. They sit in the box. I've got them, literally bought them for that occasion. And I've maybe have worn them five times. And that was in 2014 and it's 2019. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So long live Johnny. Um, but that's some, that's when I started my, battle with mental health because that took a toll on me thanksgiving came around Uh, of course i went back to la thanksgiving came around and i went back home and it was just weird because i'm like yo all i could think about was the words i told him in august was nah man like i'm gonna be back for for thanksgiving like we'll We'll get get on yeah and we never got to have that chance to get back on um so I could find a, a little silver lining in the fact is that now when I when I play 2K, I think of him and I play it often. So his memory just kind of like lives with me because it, it is my favorite little thing to play. So it's like he'll never be forgotten because yeah. I remember all the summers we spent growing up playing Madden, playing 2K, all going that. outside, playing basketball. And it's just like, yo, like 
So, yeah, and I think sometimes I got a little extra umph when I play because he right there just, like, egging me on. So it just be it's, – it's hard to lose. When I lose, I just be like, all right, Johnny having an off day. Like, it is what it is. Like, I'll be back. Um, but, yeah, so that's November. December comes along, y'all. Um, finals. <clears throat> Everything is – I'm not going to say good, but I guess as good as it can be. you just right. trudging along trying to make it. Keeping your head above water. That part. That part. Trying to, you know, make it look smooth like a duck almost. Yep. Ducks paddle like crazy. Because you still have life to live. Got to live life, right? Got to live life. As much as you want to stop, life just keeps going. It, life stops for nobody. Yep. And I think I started off the podcast telling you I'm from a single parent home, just me and my mom. So me and my mom, thickest thieves. Um, that was my rock for the longest. And I'm her only one. So, <clears throat> I see my mom at the funeral. Well, of course, I stayed at her house. So, I've, I seen her while I was home. And then I seen her again Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Seen her again on Christmas. And, you know, I noticed a little bit of changes. Nothing like crazy. But I was just like, ah, mom's losing a little bit of weight. Like, she working out, you know? Mm-hmm. My mom has had locks, y'all. I I, I wear locks um in my hair because um, I was... A bond between me and my mom. I, I got really? locks. I I didn't. I you never didn't know knew that, where the huh? locks journey actually started. Yeah, the locks journey started in twenty or not twenty ten two thousand nine. I was a junior, about to be a senior in high school, and my mom had been trying to get me to get locks for years because <laughs> she had locks in. My mom was so so. Y'all, we real black. My own family <laughs> real black. My mom used to do folks hair out our kitchen for as long as I can remember. My uh, mom was a beautician before she was a beautician, amen. if you know what I'm saying. Um, so mom finally decided to to bet on herself and and follow her 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 dream of becoming a, a beautician because she had worked um on the strip uh, as a front desk hotel manager for twenty some odd years, longer than I had been alive. Um, but just always had some for, for people's hair. Um, and she was tired of perms and stuff and decided to go natural. Like when I was in middle school and she learned how to do sister locks, became a licensed technician and would just do it out of our kitchen. And my mom was cold with it, y'all. She still is cold with it. <laughs> um, and I remember her getting, I was just like, nah, I don't want locks. I had braids, you know, just when braids was little high. Bow-wow with it. Yeah, a little bow wow with it. buddy. I'm just like, nah, 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 nah. So, you know, they grew on me. They just kind of grew. I watched her hair just, like, grow and grow. And I'm like, yo, this is tight. This is, like, really tight. So she was like, bro, you, you need to get it done while you're a freshman. So that way, by the time you're a senior, you hanging and swinging. <laughs> Lord, I know y'all parents probably told y'all hard head do what? And make a real soft pillow. Um, <laughs> I waited until I was a junior, the summer before I was a senior. And I look at my damn senior picture to this day and be so mad. <laughs> I'd be so mad because I had to look ugly stage baby locks. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah, mom be like, man. I told you. I told you. We did this when you was a freshman. Senior year pictures would have been popping. Um. So, yeah. So, so that's why I got locks. So, my mom was the only person to touch my hair. Like, she did not play about her locks. Like, Nah, these are her babies. She probably love these things more than more than I love. Them. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that was our that was our bond. That's that's, that's me and my mama's bond. Um, so yeah, going back to twenty fourteen, I um, uh, I uh, seen her, but wasn't wasn't paying no attention because we had just experienced a death. So it wasn't like I was like ah, uh, 
mom's losing weight. I just thought, you know, the stress of life, the stress of Johnny, everybody stressed out. Weight loss happens right. under stress. <clears throat> January 7th, 2015, y'all. Um, right before the start of my last semester as a senior at USC, uh, my mom, I don't even know. I don't even know if I set this up right, Adrian. Uh, let me backtrack. I had decided to spontaneously take a trip to Toronto in January. I don't know why, but I did. I wanted to go to Toronto. I had never been. Heard it was a dope city, and Drake always talking about it anyway. So I'm like, why <laughs> so I'm not? The sex, right? Um, you need to go clear your mind a little bit, right? And the school had got me a ticket. Um, I was uh, <clears throat> nominated for being a, a top scholar uh, in my graduating class. So uh, the Black Alumni Association had gifted me with a uh, with a ticket anywhere I wanted to go, um, as long as I used it before a certain day. That was just for being a finalist. Thank God I was able to. Not only be a finals vote to win the award. That's a shameless plug. Hey man, shameless let's get plug. It. Um, so it's like Toronto. It is what it is. I'll go. It's free and it's right here. So it's not like I have to like travel to Spain or some. It, it, it's more convenient. The day before I'm getting ready to head out, mom was like, "I need you to go with me to the doctor." I'm like, "All right, like check up." That's fine. It is what it is. Um. To my surprise, we get there and I realize this ain't no checkup. It's a, it's like a cancer facility. Mm. What we do? What? What's going on? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at her. She looking at me, and I'm like, "Mama, I know I look this way, but I ain't stupid now." Mm-hmm. White lady comes out, real giddy, real happy. Are you Skyler? And you are. <laughs> I'm Dr. Such and Such. I'm your mom's doctor. She tells me all about you all the time. I have sons your age or a son your age. She had two sons, but one is my age. And he's in college as well. And your mom's just so proud of you and da 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 da. But yeah, like I just wanted to, to, to talk to you. Doc, what we need to talk about? Facts. And why do you know me so well? And I don't know you. And she kind of look at my mama. My mama look at her, and I look at both of them. Yep. Oh, Laura, you didn't tell him. <laughs> tell me what? Hmm. She didn't even have to say it. She didn't even need to say it. I just remember my face scrunching up. You know that ugly, like, I'm sad, but I'm mad, and also I want to, like, really beat you up for what's about to come out your mouth. Yep. And I had my phone in my hand just like I do now, and I clenched it. Ball my left fist up. Hey, good people. Sorry for the disruption, but we got to pay some bills. So we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Let's face it. It's hard being young, black, and new to the Bay Area in California. How are you supposed to feel at home in a new space if you can't even find culturally familiar food, clothing, or even hair products? Luckily, I've got just the app for you. Whether you're from Southern California or all the way across the country, Shade aims to expose Bay Area newcomers to the stories and rich traditions of over 100 plus black owned businesses in the Bay. 
It includes all types of restaurants, yoga studios, clothing boutiques, and much, much more. Download Shade today by simply typing in S-H-E-A apostrophe D on the App Store and follow them on Instagram at underscore S-H-E-A period D. Once again, type in S-H-E-A apostrophe D on the App Store and follow them on Instagram at underscore S-H-E-A period D. I said, so tell me what, my mama got cancer? She goes, yeah. I said, oh, so y'all didn't know this. She goes, yeah. Remember how I told you I noticed my mama looking different, but yep. it was just like. She was like, yeah, we want to bring you in because we're about to start her on chemo and radiation. We have been trying to fight it without it. And I said, Lord Jesus, be offense. Uh, agent, I broke down. Mm-hmm. And I went to the bathroom and I did it. Because I'm a black man. And black men don't cry. Mm. We're not allowed to be vulnerable. Mm. And I just remember it's like somebody like I, I I don't even know if I can describe the pain to you, but I'm just like, yo, this it, this is out of line. What my mama do to deserve this? No, 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 no. I'm selfish. I'm an only child, so I'm selfish. What the hell did I do to deserve this? Why mm. my mama got to get cancer? Mm. I already don't have no daddy, but, like, you going to take my mom? You going to leave me out here by myself? Like, that's crazy. My cousin just got shot. My mama can't even say just got cancer. But my mama had cancer. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they both knew what I went to the bathroom to do, but they didn't say anything. And I wiped my eyes and I came back and I said, so what's up? What? Oh, I don't I, did, I don't know what type of cancer it is. I don't know. Right. I just knew she had cancer. She goes, it's breast cancer. I said, what stage? She says three. For you guys not familiar with breast cancer, there are five stages. Um. And I said, so what now? We have to aggressively treat this. Is my mama finna die? I just start vomiting at the mouth, just word vomit everywhere. I had questions and I wanted answers and I wanted them right then and there. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She's going to live. She's not going to die. And I, I thank God that, that she did. And I started believing in, in, in healing power that day. Believe that she was healed. Um. But I also, I said, I'm dropping out. Those words came out of my mouth. I said, I'm dropping out. Who else is going to take care of you? Mm-hmm. I can't take care of you from L.A. There's no way I can drive down here three times a week to take you to chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. I know what chemo and radiation does to people. Like, you're going to be sick, sick. And she just broke down. She broke down. She was like, no, like, you're too close. Like, you can't drop out. Like, this is why I didn't want to tell you. Just a lot of other things. But I remember being angry at her. I remember being so upset at her for not telling me. Why would you wait? I didn't want to stress you out. Johnny just died. He's already going through stress with school. 
you about to graduate, you got enough stress on your plate, like you're going through interviews, you know, just stuff that we think is stress as seniors in college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, all right, so I'm canceling my trip to Toronto. I'm going to try to get some type of student leave, if that's even possible, to be able to like at least go to treatment. No, she wouldn't. She wasn't hearing none of that. Mm-hmm. She wasn't hearing none of that. She's like, no, you're going to get on that plane. You're going to go to Toronto. And you're going to finish school because I'm going to be the one that needs to shout at the graduation <laughs> when you get that diploma. And I'm just looking at it, roll my eyes, whatever, because at that time it was really whatever. I wasn't trying to hear nothing. Mm-hmm. So I keep my trip to Toronto and I go and it was bittersweet the whole time because you're supposed to be out there, you know, having a good time sightseeing and. Mind you, the cold already had put me in a bad mood, but it's like that on top of thinking about my mama. It's like I felt guilty Mm -hmm. for being there, right? And it wasn't like I was even going back to Vegas. I was flying from Toronto straight to LAX Mm. um, to start the semester. Last semester of senior (laughs) year? My last semester my senior year, man. So I spend about a week in Toronto and uh, get back to L.A., and I just remember just being sad, just, I ain't talked to nobody. I'm not trying to go to nobody's meetings, nobody's parties. Barely want to go to class. Don't want to go to work. Just, mm-hmm. just nothing. And that's when I knew something wasn't right. And I was heavily involved uh, in extracurricular activities while at SC. So I was able to make a lot of connections with higher up people in administration. Mm-hmm. Um, one being Dr. Ainsley Carey, who I'm thankful for to this day. Um, black man, VP of Student Affairs uh, at the University of Southern California. And he just, he snatched me one day. He's like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. This is not the scholar like that. I know, like, what's up? And I, like, just let it all out. I We went to his office. And again, I cried. And that's mm-hmm. two cries for me in a month. And I was like, I don't remember crying this much in years. Mm. And I'm like, I hate the police. They took my cousin. My mom got cancer. She might die too. And I'm out here at this privileged school. And these kids acting like the world finna end if they don't get an A. Not realizing that it's people that's going through real life stuff. Mm-hmm. He just looked and he's came and consoled me. Again, affection from mm. a black man mm. to another black man. What? At first, I was, I was, bro, what are you doing? You know mm. what I'm saying? Because that's Resistant. your first reaction. Yeah. I, bro, what are you doing? He said, bro, don't fight it. And he, like, just. Is if I was a five-year-old child and I just. So he really just embraced you like that. Bruh, with his nice suit on, Dr. <laughs> Carey be clean. <laughs> said, let yeah. it out. He said, let it out. He said, uh, I need you to come back to my office. I need you to make a point to come to my office. I need to put my eyes on you at least. A couple times a week. Right. He said, I know you have office hours because you work in student government. If I need to go over there and talk to the head of, you know, student government, tell them when he's in office hours, I need to at least have 30 minutes of his time. Then so be it because I'm the boss and I can do that. Facts. And I'm like, facts. And 
Dr. Carey opened my mind up to therapy. Dr. Carey was my pseudo therapist without being my therapist. Um, he in turn put me into contact with Dr. Broderick Leakes, who is a licensed, um, psychologist. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was our sports physician or our sports psychologist, excuse me, at USC. And he specifically was brought in or his specialization was dealing with black athletes, which I love. That was like his lane. That's his role. And that's what he specialized in. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Carey was like. I have somebody I need you to meet. His name is Skylar Dunn. He's real near and dear to me. He works in athletics. He works in student government. He's president of Alphas. Like, he's just out here doing it, and he is going through a rough time. He out here talking about dropping out, and mm -hmm. his mind doesn't need to be wasted. Like, it's a bright mind that doesn't need to be wasted. And Dr. Carey said, let me just go ahead and facilitate this Oh, Dr. This Carey said, I'm about to, like, make this happen. I don't care what the protocol is with and you, you, you went to Georgetown, so you know um, sometimes at a big university like that, athletics is totally separate from school. Absolutely. It is literally totally separate. Yeah, it's like a different priority treatment. You can't necessarily get access to it if you're just on the academic side of things. and All of that. Yeah. But because I was able to intertwine those worlds, working in athletics, and my godbrother played for the university, and so it was like if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, Oh, what position do you play? I would have been a rich man. Wouldn't need to be in nobody's podcast. Wouldn't need to be <laughs> at Google. Like I would be chilling, right? Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So I was able to kind of like intertwine those worlds. But you had to have access to Doctor Leaks. Couldn't just schedule them because we had psychologists on campus. But we, you didn't have access to that psychologist. To that one. Yep. Mind you, that is the only black one. Mm. I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. We had access to psychologists, but he was the only black one. Mm. Why? Because what's prized at predominantly white institutions? Black athletes, black bodies. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are our prized possessions, not our minds. Talk to him. Preach, Kyla. I'm doing the best I can, y'all. <laughs> um. So. He set me up with Dr. Leaks and Dr. Leaks, bless his soul. My man's literally built just like an athlete. I think he used to play ball. Mm -hmm. About six foot four, six foot five, solid, <laughs> solid. Um, very intelligent, very soft spoken, and very intelligent, which is what stood out to me about him. And so humble. Mm -hmm. so humble it's like let me talk like this because i don't want to miss what you're saying dr Lynx. <laughs> that's how he talked so soft-spoken yeah um and i just remember the first time being on this couch and that was my first experience with real therapy this at this point this is february of 2015 mm -hmm. and i'm weirded out i'm like bruh my first reaction to him, can I say what I told him? Can yeah. I? I said, "This is some white people shit." Just like that. There and I think there's so many different facets at play here, right? Not only do you have 
the boys don't cry, be a man, suppress your feelings and, and that ideology, that that's what's definitely created and fostered within the black community. But we tend to use that othering, if you will, uh, specifically in regards to mental health and mental health resources and things of that nature, whether that's through the church and they're like, oh, nah, pray it pray. out. Exactly. Oh, Lord have mercy. Don't give me to pray it out and let me lay hands on you and da 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 da. Don't get me wrong. For all those that speak in tongues, for all those that lay hands and put the holy water on you, more power to you, sugar. You can come over here and bless me <laughs> when you got some free time. Yep. But I don't believe that's always the answer. I definitely don't believe that that's always the answer. Um, and so like, I, what, what is, what, what am I doing in here? But, but furthermore, what the hell are you doing in here? Mm. You're a therapist. Black people don't do this shit. Mm -hmm. And he laughed and he laughed. He was like, man, if you don't sound like all my boys talking about the other black students mm -hmm. that he counsels, he said, everybody's first reaction is the same. 27-year-old scholar thinks about that and says, wow. 21, 22-year-old scholar was like, well, duh, what do you expect? Like, But again, we, we talked about that word normalizing it, right? Mm -hmm. For us as black men, it was just like, okay, we traumatized, it's normalized. It, we yeah. got issues, it's normal. Whereas therapy to my white counterparts at SC. Oh, what? I got a family therapist who used to come over two times a week to talk to me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, and my sisters. Yep. Wait, what? Your parents would pay somebody to come to your house and talk? Absolutely. Just saying that off the cuff, not thinking twice about Bro, it. Bro, and I'm talking about with pride and authority. <laughs> with some audacity behind uh, Come on. <laughs> come on. With some audacity, conviction. That's mm -hmm. what the old folks would tell me. Conviction. Yep. Say it with your chest. And I'm just like, I'm like, bro, what? Because it was hard for me to tell. I didn't tell the soul for a minute, mm -hmm. for a minute. And I, t I was like, Dr. Leeks, you want me to go tell my homies that I'm coming to therapy, talking to you right. about my feelings? Bro, you finna get me clown. Like, nah, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. He was like, see, that's our issue right there. He was like, Scott, you know what's funny? I said, what? He said, I'm the only black psychologist at SC so you know what else is funny not everybody has access to me he said do you want to know what else I said sure you're gonna tell me even if I don't want to know mm -hmm. they want to find another black psychologist but it's hard they can't hmm y'all catch that one on the way home they want to find another one but they can't they couldn't find nobody black who was qualified, at least not to the qualifications that they wanted. And I think the more I continue to learn about my myself and my growth and mental health, that stings. It stings me today more than it did back in 2015. And I'm like, why is there trouble finding black mental health therapists? Mm hmm. Because there's not a lot of people like Dr. Broderick Leakes who choose to take that road and become a therapist because they don't want to deal with all the negative backlash they're going to get from their community. Yeah. 
it's that is negative backlash perceived it's your own internal struggles with it. it's well yeah this is some white people stuff so i'm already not gonna go into that it's a lot of different factors that play at once in it that sh- lord adrian you gonna have me speaking in tongues on this podcast <laughs> um he told he struggled telling his mother we decided he was gonna get his doctor of psychology mm-hmm and there's an interest there's an interesting juxtaposition there because just like he struggled to tell his mother that he was going to be a doctor and counsel people. Yep. It's like he's very religious as well. Mm-hmm. Mother, he grew up, his mother was very religious and counsel. We go to the church for counseling. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the reaction that his mother gave him. Yep. When I told my mama that I was seeing a therapist because the way that the world has started to take its toll on me. Yep. You're fine, son. You're strong. You can handle this. So so let, let me contextualize this. Absolutely. You've got the weight of the world taking its toll on you. You get a godsend through Dr. Broderick Leakes. No, get the godsend through Ainsley Carey first. Ainsley, and then. Doctor, yep, Dr. Carey. Mm-hmm, then and Dr. Leakes. Yep. Then Dr. Leakes. And so... Now it's all right. Now it's, I want to make sure that everybody that's near and dear to me is kept in the loop in terms of like my own journey and making sure they're apprised in that regard, right? Absolutely. And then even your mom is going through her own separate set of trials and tribulations. Come so on. we could only imagine what type of emotional toll that she was going through. So I would imagine like this is probably something that is going to be able to bond the both of you. Because now it's like, well, I don't have to go through this journey alone. We can make this a collective effort. Or so I thought. Just for her to say, nah, we we got church for that. Because she was going to the pastor for counseling. She was going through our church, you Mm -hmm. know, for prayer and stuff. Which, again, is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm all for prayer. I love prayer. I'm always, if you got a prayer list out there, put me on it. Mm Because I need it. Um. It's you just, ever heard the saying, in my house, kids don't have rights? Mm-hmm. So that was my life. That was my life. Kids yeah. don't have rights in my mama's house. There was no locked doors. <laughs> there was there was none of them games. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Counseling? Like, what? No, that was not it. It was God or nothing. And it feeds into this idea that it's either or. When you it sounds like you're, both. you can have your cake and eat it too. We can go to God, we can go through the church, but we can also use the vessels that He has ordained professionally as well. Thank you. That's what I'm learning in my walk, Adrian. Um, if you broke your ankle right now, if I broke my fingers, which I have, you see my fingers, y'all can't see oh, them, but sheesh. Adrian can. I, I've never looked at him. I <laughs> broke my fingers bad playing Good. ball, y'all. I didn't broke my fingers, my ankle, I broke my left ankle. Like Yo, it, y'all should see it, man. It's kind of just Bro. And so I, I kind of think about it in that aspect, right? When I break when I broke something and I had to go to the hospital, y'all wasn't talking about pray over his broke fingers, the Lord gonna heal that. Mm-hmm. It's let's go to the doctor and get this fixed. Amen. When you got a stomach ache or a headache, pray over this. The Lord is finna heal this. Mm-hmm. Let me go into the cabinet and grab an 800. Take this. Let me get some Pepto yep. and take this. But when it comes to mental health, it's because we cannot see it. Or I'm sorry, you cannot see it. So you think that it doesn't exist. And when you try to 
trying to tell people your story, they just like, oh, you just crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that just kind of frustrated me and it still frustrates frustrates me till this day like just because you cannot see it doesn't mean that there's not an issue there so I didn't tell my mom about this until March I didn't tell her until about March of 2015 and her reaction just just, I was taken aback and it just kind of hurt me because I was like always her sounding board and it's a lot for me to handle like I've never dealt with cancer before. I don't know what it's like to have it. All I know is that you got to go to chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. You got to have these surgeries. And my mama, my mama hair fell out, y'all. And I just told y'all we, we, we bonded over locks. My mama hair fell out. To this mm-hmm. day, my mama wears a wig. When her hair fell out, that cut me to my soul. Because I know how much them locks meant to her. And I got my locks because of her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So needless to say, when my mom didn't give me a good reaction about therapy, I was like, see, this is exactly why I didn't want to tell nobody because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want this reaction. Um, and I told some of my friends, two of my friends that were closest to me, and they were all for it, for it, not knowing that one of them was in therapy herself. And I was like, that's crazy. We all out here. You only know about a, you only know as much of a person as they tell you. Mm-hmm. And I was so close with um and didn't know like that she seen a therapist regularly and she had no problem like telling me. Mm-hmm. She's just like it's just we don't talk about it in the black community. So I'm just like not gonna be like, Oh, I'm in therapy, therapy. She's like, But I don't have a problem with it. Like I'm glad like she's so glad that I go to this day. She's glad that I see, you know, a therapist. But um so my first two friends' reactions were great. But then when I told my brother and you know, I told my uncle, it was more so like Man, you don't need all that. Like, what's wrong with you type thing? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, this is the plight of our community right here. Like, In action facts. This is what's wrong with us because we are the most traumatized people in this nation. And that's what I will, it is. I will argue anybody on that one. I don't. Black folks are the most traumatized community in this nation. And it's that, it's that <clears throat> juxtaposition of normalcy, right? No, we need to call it like it is it's trauma if you see your cousin getting shot if you're dealing with a family member or or a parent for that matter getting cancer if you're getting stopped by the police and having bad interactions those things are trauma trauma and it's crazy i believe we were in the car uh you and me adrian one of our first rides and i don't know how we got on the topic of the police and we kind of both had that man when the police get behind you do you tense up <laughs> man i boy my butt cheeks clenched so tight i'm 10 and 2 i easy i'm telling you I, I saw i saw one time that the the colors red white and blue represent freedom until you see them in your rear view mirror come on now it's now it's a whole separate whole set of issues separate yeah and so especially at, at night when i'm driving um <clears throat> up here there's always construction on the freeways um at night up here and while they have the construction on, they always have a police kind of like barricade to protect like the construction workers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like driving mine in my business. And every time it happens at least twice a week, those lights come. They're already on while I'm driving. But it's as soon as they're in my rear view and I see them lights, I think they coming after me. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of my psyche because I've had such trash experiences with the police 
that's called trauma, y'all. Like mm-hmm. that, that's trauma, and that's a lot of times we don't like to acknowledge that. Yep. But as a black person, as a black man, we usually have terrible experiences with the police, and unfortunately, I've had a couple of run-ins with them, none of which have been productive and or positive. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's whenever I see the police, my heart drops. It changed my whole mood. It's Jesus, take me now. I like literally rather go meet my maker than have to deal with whatever y'all finna put me through man that's like facts um so yeah so ended up you know kept going with dr leaks until i graduated um in may god saying man if you ever hear this thank you like thank you dr carrie thank thank both of you guys for opening my eyes to the possibility of your first exposure you only know what you're exposed to. You don't know what you don't know. But now you do know. That part. I didn't know. Agent, I'm 20. At this point, I'm 22 or 23. Um, But like I said, you got other people who've been going to therapy since they're five and mm-hmm. were astonished that I had no idea about this world. And I'm a grown, literally a grown man. And just got to it. They Like you just hit now? You just, oh, like they're like, you're doing like, yeah, I'm taking aback. Like you're doing something you're, wrong. Oh, I would talk to my therapist before every test in high school. Excuse me. What? I, Excuse me. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did before every test? I prayed. Yo, I, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> man. I'd be sitting down. I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know how we're going to get through it, listen, but please make a way. Listen, Lord, stand in my mind, speak with my mouth, and have me to write these things that you want this professor to see. <laughs> Amen. I promise you that's been my prayer since I've been taking tests from middle school to the time I graduated from SC. Lord, stand in my body, think with my mind, and speak with my mouth, and have me to write these things that you want this professor to see. Amen. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Amen. That is my prayer. Every time I take a test, or even if I get up somewhere to speak, stand in my body, think with my mind, and speak with my mouth, and have me to say those things that you want these people to hear. Amen. Just something so that I know there's some type of covering or spirit over me. Amen. So that if that way... I failed the test that day, y'all. It was me and Jesus. We was off that day. We had a bad day, okay? (laughs) But, yeah, so I graduate. I become a real-life adult. I'm no longer on USC's health plan, y'all. That's what I'm trying to get at. Systematic. Systematic. Goes. There we go. Setting me back again. I was on a routine. It was something that I liked. And then um, you realize how expensive mental health care is. Mm-hmm. My first job out of college, I was a legal project assistant at a entertainment law firm in Los Angeles. And I was making pennies on a dollar while working like a Hebrew slave. This is California. So, this you know, taxes are taxing me. I barely had a pot to piss in, let alone a window to throw it out of. Mm-hmm. And you want me to pay you 150, 200, 50 minutes of your time? That's mental health, y'all. That That's therapy. I can't do it. I can't afford it. So what did I have to do, Adrian? I had to stop going to therapy, man. And that defo took a toll. That it for sure took a toll. As y'all can see, 
this story is actually just getting started. We talked about a lot of different sociopolitical factors at play and finances were just the latest barrier in his quest for a healthy mental health regimen. We've got a lot more to cover in the next couple of weeks and before we move forward, I just wanna say Scholar, thank you for having the audacity to live through it. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Audacity Project, and I'll catch y'all next week. <sighs> Let's get it.